0: Hello, my name is Aaron Wexler, and welcome to another episode of Within the Game. Let's go! Within the Game is all about how to treat your craft and your life like a game so that you can stay inspired, have more fun, and ultimately find fulfillment, both in and out of your game. And thank you to the listeners and fans of the show. And if you would like to support the show, a great way to do that is to grab a copy of my book, The Inspired Athlete, as well as share this episode with anyone you think would benefit from it. Also, if you could give the channel a like and subscribe, those things really help out. Today's guest is the one and only Sarah Pavan. Sarah, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited.
0: Let's go. Uh, So after a very successful indoor career, Sarah became a dominant force in beach volleyball. An Olympian for Team Canada and a 2019 world champion, she has established herself as one of the best blockers in the world. In addition to winning the world championship, she has won seven world tour gold medals and two AVP tour titles, including the Manhattan Open. She's also a bookworm, foodie and anime enthusiast. (laughs) Your IG is at (laughs) your your IG is at Sarah underscore Pavin. Sarah, I'm really excited to have you here. Um, You know, we've competed against each other in in practice uh, on the beach and I just love the way you work. So, um, as you know, the first question I like to start with is this idea of inspired living. So what is that idea? What what does inspired living mean to you?
1: Oh my gosh, this is a great question. Um, For me, inspired living is finding something that you're passionate about. um, And it will look different for everybody. But I think really dialing in something that you're passionate about and pursuing it wholeheartedly. Um, I think a lot of people are very stagnant. I think a lot of people kind of just like go with the flow and let days and months and years pass. And I think being able to find that one thing, even if it is just one thing that brings you joy and really pursuing it is is what inspired living is yes i
0: I love that, I love the simplicity of that, and this is just a kind of a question that's coming to me, like why do you think a lot of people don't pursue that because it seems like when you when you say all that, it seems like yeah, for sure that's what that's what we're here to do
1: yeah, I don't know. I think like people just get into this rhythm of their lives, and it's just so hard to shake things up yeah. um. My husband kind of calls it inertia. It's just, it's so hard to just get started at something. Um, And I think it can be scary. I think it can be scary to put yourself out there and say like, I'm really into this. I think a lot of people are very consumed with, you know, what are other people going to think about this? What if I, what if I say that I want to do this and I fail? Um, what if I say that I really like this and I'm not even very good at it. And so people ask a lot of like, what ifs, instead of just being like, who cares? This is what I'm into. I'm going to own it. This is me. And it makes me happy to do it. So who cares what everybody else thinks?
0: A hundred percent. And I totally relate. I just told you, I put out my music for the first time in my life. And, and I went through that fear for 20 plus years. 20 plus years of like, I'm not good enough, maybe, or do I, am I really a musician, you know, because I've been an athlete my whole life. So like, you know, how am I going to look, you know, so I totally relate to that. I think a lot of people relate to that. And I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, And I think, I think for me, one way that I have learned to face that is to go right through it. You know, uh, I learned that from Laird Hamilton. You know, I, I was asking him about how he faces fear as a big wave surfer. Um, and he's like, I go right through it. Like, you face the fear. I think a lot of people, like, turn away. And I did. Me. I did that for a long time. Um, but what do you say to someone who's, like, who who who's he- hearing you and is like, yeah, I hear you.
2: But, like, how? You know? I
1: mean, I'm somebody that always... Thinks like what will my future self feel about this and so whenever I'm kind of on the fence about something or I'm unsure of the next step I should take I think like in the future if I look back on this moment will I be so upset that I didn't take the leap yeah and usually the answer is yes like (laughs) what harm is there in trying but like I never want to look back on any decision I've made in my life and be like oh I wish I had done that instead um so I live my life just with the thought of like I don't want to have any regrets so if this is like something that's like in my head and it keeps coming back to me like I need to go for it Mm. like why not
0: Okay, so that's, that's awesome. That's a great place to ask you about your career right now, because I was listening to the Sandcast episode with uh, Try and Travis. What's up? Shout out guys, those guys are awesome. And for any listeners, go check out that Sandcast episode. um, Because you talk about you get really vulnerable with your career. And like how people are asking you all the time, Hey, are you? Are you done? Are you getting ready to retire? It's kind of a weird thing that everyone's so interested in. Like, are you? Are you going to, be done. <laughs> yeah. Um but but you you know you get asked that a lot, right? So um you just mentioned no regrets. You know, do you want to do, do would you like to share like where you're at with your career and like
1: Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean at the time of the recording of the sandcast, I you know, had just kind of gotten out of a very very short, short-term international partnership. Um I had intended on pursuing the Paris Olympics with this person and just like things did not feel right. And so I ended up like deciding that that was going to be the end of that. Um, And so I was kind of sitting in this place for like a month and a half of like, is my career over? Like I didn't, this isn't the way I planned. I had intended to at least go into the Paris until the Paris Olympics. Like, this isn't completely on my terms. And so I was just like grappling with all these thoughts of like, no, this is my career. Like, and I didn't necessarily get to choose the ending. And for me, that just felt really unfair just Mm. because I've devoted so many years of my life to this sport. Like if I'm going to leave, I want it to be on my terms. And so the easy choice was to just like, call it a campaign and be like, you know what? I've had a really great international career. Like I should just be grateful for the opportunities I've had and move on. But then I was thinking like, if I look back in 20 years, like I'm still playing at a very high level. I think that there's so much more that I can give. I think there's still experiences that I want to have that I think I can if I look back in 20 years, am I going to feel good about walking away right now? And the answer was no. Right. Um, so I decided to give it again, the pool of athletes in Canada to pursue high level beach volleyball is, is limited compared to other countries. So that's like the added twist. Right. But, um, I ultimately decided, you know, I'm going to give it one more shot, um, with a really young player who does not really have very much international experience. And I am going to give it everything I have. And if it works out, then that's amazing. And if it doesn't, I can walk away knowing that I've exhausted every option and that I get to choose how my career ends. And so I'm currently starting out again with a very young partner and we're gonna play um, a string of events here in the next few weeks.
0: Hey everyone, thanks so much for being a fan of the show. I really appreciate your support. And if you'd like to further support the podcast, please grab a copy of my book, The Inspired Athlete. Uh, The Inspired Athlete is all about my personal growth journey, my athletic journey, my spiritual journey, all combined into one. And really the idea is that um, the energy of the inspired athlete is within us all, and it's up to us to evoke that. And uh, whether you consider yourself an athlete or a competitor or not, It's my belief that the energy of the inspired athlete is within us, even if you just decide to take a deep breath and just move your body. That's the inspired athlete. So it would mean a lot if you could help support the book project as well as the podcast by grabbing a copy. Uh, Links to the Amazon uh, paperback version as well as the Audible um, audiobook version are listed below in the description. Thank you very much for your support. Stay inspired, y'all. Let's go. Let's go. I love that mindset. And, and, uh, you know, as a fellow training partner slash fan, because I'm a fan, uh, I'm going to encourage you to keep going and put your foot on the gas pedal and let's go. Right. Because you're dominating. You're a dominant force at the net. You can, you like you said, you're playing, you're still playing at a high level, you know, and you're a champion, you know, like, uh, you know, I work with kids and, and so I try to remind them that they're champions. And, you know, even if they're not champions yet, I'm like, champions believe that they're champions before they become mm-hmm. champions, right? Like, maybe that's a good place to ask you about champion mindset, because this is something I'm really curious about, like, as a world champion, you know, how how do you cultivate that mindset?
1: I think it's like multifaceted. Um, I think, you know, some ideas that like, come to mind immediately are... I think champions have a very distinct and never-ending growth mindset. Nice. Um,
2: yeah.
1: I think no matter who you are, what you've done on paper, what you have won, et cetera, there's always room for growth. Um, I think as humans and as athletes, we always have to be willing to evolve um, and what works for somebody in one moment may not work in a month from now or a year from now. So I think champions are always looking to better themselves and evolve and grow like over time. Um I think in a sports, you know arena, I think champions truly believe that the game is not over until it's over.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't tell you how many times I see people, just give up when they get down X number of points. Like this is an insurmountable obstacle at this point. But I think like real winners always believe they have a shot. No matter what the score is, they have that like self-confidence and that self-belief that like, I can overcome this adversity and come out on top. So Those two popped to mind immediately.
0: Yes, no, I just got the the chills on that. That was awesome. Um, Terry, that like like unpack that a little more about being intense because I heard you talk about that on that sandcast episode, like your intensity level, you know, and where that comes from and how you sustain that.
1: Um, I am both loved and hated for that <laughs> quality. I will call it a quality., um, yeah, I think intensity my intensity comes from that never-ending belief that i will come out on top is that realistic in sports absolutely you are not going to win every game that you play but the intensity kind of fuels that intention of like i am fighting to the death yeah for every point for every set etc um and also quite frankly like part of sports, it's a physical battle, but I would say the majority of it is a mental battle because when you're playing at a very high level, everybody is skilled and everybody is very good at what they do, but it's like the mental edge that like helps people either rise to the top or not. And so, yeah, the intensity is like, it's, to create an environment on the court of like, you're going to have to grind and be excellent if you want to beat me. But it's also an intensity of like holding myself and my teammate to a certain standard of no, we're better than this. No, we can, we can strive to be better strive for more that kind of accountability factor. So it's like multi-purposed it Mm -hmm. comes out in like passion and emotion. Um, but I think there are different ways that people can express it.
2: Yeah,
0: no, I think it's great. And I want to make this relatable, too. So, you know, for anyone listening who's, you know, not a beach volleyball player or, or you know, considers themselves a champion, um, something that comes to my mind when Sarah is saying that is the idea of going all in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like a champion, in my mind, goes all in on whatever that craft is. Right? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Like, I mean, to get to the world championships and to win it, like, talk about going all in on
2: that journey.
1: When you say that, it just like, it is scary. Yeah. To put yourself out there. Yeah. It is, it can be really scary to go all in, to voice that, to make your goals and aspirations and dreams known. Because once you put them out there, if you fail, like yeah. then people know. Right. But right. I think part of going all in is like unapologetically putting it out there um, and saying, this is what I'm about, this is who I am, this is what I want. I think there's an an incredible amount of strength tied to that. Um And so the same, like tying it into world championships, like going into that tournament, I can't tell. Like I put it out there. I said it out loud that my intention and our team's intention was to win. Is that cocky? Is that arrogant? I don't think so. I think if you want to be a champion in whatever you do in life, you need to set your intentions and make them known because otherwise what are we doing here yeah um and it's also serves as like an accountability factor of like no i said i'm gonna do this i'm gonna follow through um but we put it out there we didn't go in ranked particularly well we had a rough start to the season um but we said it like every day and like we took it one game at a time every game we won we're like okay we're one step closer I remember the day before that we left for the arena for the final, we we're about to leave the hotel room. And I said to my partner, I was like, when we come back into this room, we're going to be world champions. Let's go. And it's just like, let's go. You have to have, if you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe in what you're doing, why should anybody else believe in you? And, you know, people talk about like imposter syndrome and not like, Sometimes you really do have to fake it until you get that like self-belief. Um, but if you're not going to ha- like believe what you're saying, why should anybody else?
0: Huge thank you to new sponsor of the show, Chico Bag. Chico Bag is your eco-friendly travel pack and shopping companion. I actually have my travel pack right here. I use it almost every day. And I love it. Love it for little day trips or um, going to the grocery store. It replaces hundreds of single-use plastic bags and fits in your pocket or purse. And with its stylish and durable design, you can take it anywhere. Chico Bag is a certified B Corp and donates 1% of sales to environmental causes. So join the Chico Bag revolution to reduce plastic waste and create a sustainable future. Visit ChicoBag.com and get 20% off your order as a Within the Game podcast listener using promo code within the Game. Back to the show. I think that's manifesting 101 right there. I know I know that word's getting thrown out a lot right now, the idea of manifesting, but um, to speak it out like that before it happens. And, you know, I think that's a big part of this idea of champion mindset. So that's awesome, you know? And again, again I think that's relatable to anyone, you know, in any industry, in any point in time, we can speak our desired outcome out before it happens. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I, I think that's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about failure? You know, so you yeah. you you get to this peak. you know you you become a world champion. um, and then the Olympics happen, mm-hmm. and you did not get the re- desired result. Walk us through your relationship with failure
2: Um,
1: I think. I think, you know, what I do as an athlete, um, it's tricky because our successes and our failures are so public. Right. Um, you know, for a couple of years before the Olympics, I was very, very clear that my goal was to win the gold medal. And I, I said it, I kept saying it in any interview, in any, you know, Media, anything I did, people knew that that was my intention for the Tokyo Olympics, and I wasn't okay with anything else. So, do I regret that we came fifth? We did not. We do did not reach that goal. Do I regret saying those things? Absolutely not. Right. If I was to go back in time, I would say it again. Um, I think finishing fifth at the Olympics was, it was hard. It took me a very long time to come to terms with that. Um, I think the fact that I took it so hardly proves how much I cared. And I do not think that there's anything wrong with wanting something that badly and caring that much. Um, So the more you want something, if you don't achieve it, the pain is so much greater. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would much rather feel those feelings and feel so, so deeply than be ambivalent and protect myself. Um, There are so many times that like, I haven't achieved what I've set out to do. And I, would never consider it to be embarrassing um or because like if you want to be the best you have to take big risks and like putting things out there and saying things like that it is a risk for sure um so yeah it's hard and i can't even tell you the number of critical mean messages i got after the olympics um about the result that we got, but at the end of the day, I don't care.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let me let me ask you about that. I don't care part because I I actually think that's really healthy. Um. It reminds me of no fopo, uh, no fear of other people's opinions. And I've heard you talk about mm-hmm. this before. I would like you to explain that that I don't care kind of mentality because I I hear what you're saying. It's like I'm just gonna do me. I don't care about what you're gonna think about me or say about me, right? In a healthy way. Okay right? Can you expand on that a little bit?
1: You know, I think nowadays it's even more prevalent. It's so easy for people to hide behind a computer screen or their phone screen and just say whatever they want to people. And quite frankly, it's the people who aren't putting themselves out there and aren't going for things that are the ones saying those things. So, um, Honestly, I really believe that at the end of the day, the only person that I need to answer to is me. And so I know what my morals and my values are. And I know that if I'm living in accordance with my values every day, I can sleep well at night. I'm not here to make other people like me I am not here to try to live out a narrative that make other people feel good. I know that if I stay true to who I am, I live in accordance to my values and I have respect for others and integrity. That is all I can do. Um, no matter what you do, whether you're successful, um, you're a winner, whatever, there will be people that sing your praises and there will be people who critic who criticize you. So Trying to act in a certain way to make people like you, it's never going to work, you are never going to make any every single person like you no matter what you do. So I stopped trying to be that person a very, very long time ago. And if people like me, that's great. But the most important thing to me is that the people that I choose to surround myself like me. Mm -hmm. And if I am not acting in a way that they think is appropriate, there's only a very small group whose opinion I care about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, it's so relatable, right? Even when I started this podcast, I was just thinking of that. Like when you start something new, you know, there's a lot of people that come out there and criticize, right? It's so easy Mm -hmm. to criticize or like, you know, not winning. Oh, well, it's criticize, right? Like, but right when you said that, what came to my mind was living your truth,
2: mm-hmm.
0: regardless of what anyone else, because they don't, no one else knows what your truth is. Only you know what your truth is. So that's what I that's why I said it's really healthy when you say I don't care because you don't know me or my truth. Only I do, you know? Um, and that's why I find you inspiring, because you you just you you do you, and it's like that's that's what you're going to do and i think that's awesome and i want you to carry that for, uh, forth into this idea of this definition of the inspired athlete which is this idea that i've tried to bring forward which to me i'll just tell you what that is to me and then i'll let you you know define it for yourself it's your true self it's your true inner being Right. Like not the social media version, not the public version, you know, whatever this whole idea of like whatever other people think of you. That's not what the inspired the inspired athlete is the true. Aaron Wexler or the suit, the, the true Sarah Pavin, like the true person inside you, the athlete that wants to breathe and move and compete and go for it, you know, and not worry about the result, really. I mean, yeah, obviously trying to win and trying to be successful, but really just wants to be in the moment and wants to like thrive and have a great relationship with the your surroundings and your body to me that's the inspired athlete I know I rambled there but um no, I, wrote I a whole, love that you know that's that's kind of the idea so yeah w- w- what does that kind of how does that evoke your definition of the inspired athlete
1: yeah I think I mean I definitely agree with with everything you've just said um I think there's just something so beautiful in people being authentically themselves. Um yeah. no matter what and it's like whether it's on social media in person in a public space like the consistency of somebody who is just authentically them is so beautiful and like bringing that into the inspired athlete discussion is just yeah. like what you see I am me. Yeah. And I am a goal setter. I dream big. I work my ass off. I tell the truth. I'm intense. But like, it's not going to change day to day because that is me. Um, And so I think just like putting all of that together and just like setting big goals and doing whatever it takes to like reach them. And not like qualifying it, just putting it all out there in an attempt to be the best version of yourself, I think is, is what it is.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love that. But I want to almost challenge you there because I think it will change day to day. I think all we can do really is grow. I mean, we can go backwards, I guess, but grow and expand. Right? Like, I think that's part of the inspired athlete is that is change. We're constantly seeking more growth and, and a better version of ourselves and a more expansive version of ourselves. I think that's change. Right.
1: I think that's a big part of it is just like openness to feedback. Yeah. Openness to evolve. I do think growth is a huge part of it. Um, because as I said before, like what worked yesterday might not work a right. month from now. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really respect athletes who are willing to evolve, who are willing. I don't like when people put themselves above other people. I think like in a sport and team environment, we are all striving for the same thing. And so, um, nobody deserves anything. And I think that humility factor, um, I really value humility um, and so no matter who I'm practicing with or what I'm trying to accomplish that day, I am the same. I'm going to work just as hard. I'm going to communicate in the same way. I'm going to be open to feedback um, and so I, I really value that.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, that consistency, that, that consistent approach to your craft.
2: Yes, like,
0: yeah absolutely I, I really love that. I respect that. Um, I want to ask you about this idea of chasing peace that I heard you talk about.
1: yeah what does that mean? Oh my gosh, I am kind of a psycho in the sense that <laughs> i um I am so self critical um when it comes to well anything really, but volleyball in particular is like as a high level athlete you're obviously like chasing or seeking perfection but that is unattainable but so in the process of that I tend to like fixate on certain things that I need to get better at or um decision making things that might happen in the course of a match or a practice and so I am hyper-fixated on the things that I need to improve, and I am very quick to dismiss the things that I do well. Um, it's part of me trying to get better. Um, I have big goals, so if I want to reach those, I need to fix up these things here. Keep the good things consistent. We don't need to talk about those, but like, fix the, these problems. Um, and so time that I am not winning, a match, or a tournament, or whatever, I am like picking apart these certain things that I need to tweak or adjust or work on in practice next week. And the percentage of time that you actually win a tournament is so small. So I'm spending so much time just like analyzing and critiquing. And so it's only when I leave a tournament with a gold medal around my neck, am I like, okay give them brain a break. You did a good job. Um, And so that is kind of where that concept came from is like my brain and my critical thinking, like mindset kind of goes away when I win Mm. and I'm just at peace. So what I don't want to say, I, I want to win. Of course I want to win. But what comes with winning is this like sense of calm of like, you did a good job. And so I'm chasing kind of that sentiment, because otherwise, I'm being very critical. Wow. It's not I, healthy. I don't well, recommend
0: well, it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's meticulous. And you know, it, immediately when you're talking about that, I was thinking of Kobe Bryant, right? Like, he was my favorite athlete when I was growing up. And <clears throat> he would talk about watching game tape of his losses, which is really painful. You know, I've watched game tape of my losses and I just don't, I want to turn it off after, like after like a couple minutes. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to relive that pain. But he would talk about how he would study it, study the losses, like meticulously, study the footwork, study the situation, right? Is that something that you do when, when you kind of pick apart you know the losses or or you know something that you really need to work on. Do you really pick it apart on game tape like that?
1: Yes, I'm also kind of um I'll say rain man. <laughs> so like the I'm able to like remember like plays just like in my mind. And so even if I'm not, we do spend a I do spend a lot of time watching video. but even if I'm not doing that, it's almost just like I visualize the match and like mm. play it back in my mind. Um, I spend a lot of time doing that. I do it for practices too. Um, but of course I fixate on the parts that I don't like. I never just sit back and relax. And I'm like, Oh, let's think about all those good plays I made. No, it's usually the ones that didn't go well.
0: Okay, let, let's definitely unpack this. You mentioned visualization. I love this idea, and and visualization is difficult in my experience. Um, it's hard because like the the mind wants to jump all over the place. So let's talk about this. How specifically do you do visualization? Do you like sit before practice for like ten minutes and like you know visualize what your desired outcome is going to be? Do you visualize? your specific body movements and decision-making do you is it a combo uh yeah take those take that question and just run with the visualization
1: um I find that I do it in a variety of situations um I am I would say very much more on the introverted spectrum so I do spend a lot of time in my own head just naturally um, and in self-reflection There's a variety of different things that I do. Like if I'm working on a specific skill that it might feel a little new, I will spend time just like visualizing myself doing it and like what it looks like and what it should feel like. Um, Obviously, we touched on the like post game going back over the things that maybe didn't go well and like thinking about those things i also do it for things that haven't happened yet. So like leading into the Olympics, for example, I would visualize match point of the gold medal match. I can't even tell you how many times I saw that in my mind and I knew how it was going to go and what was going to happen and what the celebration would feel like. And so it doesn't, it's not always like a critical thing or like an improvement. It's like things that I even want to happen that I can, like can put myself in that situation and feel it happening. Um, so yeah, there's different, different ways that I do it.
0: I think that's awesome because, um, you know, i talk about this in the book. Like, I think it's not, sometimes it doesn't work out, right. You, you, you mentioned mm-hmm. the gold medal, right. But, but the, you can paint the picture so many times that it actually almost becomes real in your mind first right and i think what happens in my experience with it and i've also taught this and I, I continue to teach this to to kids too is it becomes something that's desirable like you actually want to visualize right you want to visualize it you want to paint it you're you're creating it's part of being creative right you're creating the desired outcome you're creating what it, you mentioned feelings like i want to ask you about eq like emotional intelligence like like really understanding you know, how things feel first, Um, because I think all of that goes into this idea of manifesting, which I'm really interested in. I, I love that. Um, but, you know, thanks for going into the visualization. And maybe you could touch on a little bit of mindfulness. Do you do, you do any breath work or uh, meditation? Because meditation and visualization is a little different.
1: It is. Um, I want to say that, yes, I do it, but it's like not conscious
2: mm, okay. if
1: that makes sense like I don't set I don't necessarily set aside time to be like okay right now I'm going to sit here and devote 20 minutes to meditating like it's not a planned thing um, I don't necessarily think about breath work I will say that I am very in tune with my body so I for example, if I can feel that my heart rate is increasing, if I can feel that I'm getting a little tense, I will naturally just do some deep breath work to like recenter myself to slow everything down. I find that I do it on the court a lot. Like if a game is really, really intense and I'm going back to serve, receive, I will feel myself just like I do a huge exit, exhale and just like relax my body to get back on track um so yes i do do it but it's not like a scheduled thing it's more just like feeling how my body is during the day and doing what i need to do and like tying into the visualization thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when i was would visualize the gold medal point of the olympics i got like a visceral reaction like I would get goosebumps on my arms. I could feel my heart rate increasing. I could like, I could physically feel the feelings that I was seeing through visualizing, um, which is like really cool. And for all the kids out there, when I was young and somebody told me to visualize, I laughed in their face and I thought it was the stupidest thing ever. I was like, why would I do this? this makes no sense. Why would I sit here and pretend that I'm doing a volleyball game? Like that's dumb. Fast forward to now, and I am doing it all the time. So I think the younger that you get started with it and make it a habit in your life, the more natural it becomes. So when you are going through good times or bad, it's just there for you.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, I I really... I'm really happy you said that. I just want to add this. Like, you don't have to just visualize for a game. You can start visualizing for any aspect of your life. And there's a spiritual concept. I'm a spiritual person. And there's a spiritual concept that's, it's called segment intention, segment intending, where you could actually intend for the next segment of time, whatever activity you're doing to go a certain way that you want it to go. So it's, you, you can start to visualize, okay, this interview with Sarah is going to be amazing. It's going to be great. You know, like I was doing that before this this show, uh, this this recording started. And like, you can start to practice that, you know, I'm, I'm going to hit every green light, <laughs> you know, when you start driving, you can have fun with it. You know, um, I'm going to get the best parking spot. I'm going to get the best table at the restaurant. Like it's it's called segment intending. And, and it's kind of funny. But once you practice it, you can make a game out of it. And you visualize, you're like, oh, that's the table I'm going to get right there. That's what I want, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of value in that, not just in sports, but in everyday life, you know, um, and, and it actually ties into the next thing I want to ask you about, which is this idea of flow, which I love to talk about. Um, and, you know, especially with high level athletes and champions, but the idea for flow of flow for me is this idea of your relationship to the present moment, Right. It, when when I find myself in flow, which is not often, you know, and, and as athletes, it's it's not often, right? But every once in a while, we can find ourselves there. And it's when the future doesn't matter or doesn't exist. And the past is, it just doesn't matter. You're You're not thinking about those things. You're so enthralled with your craft in the moment that you find yourself in this state of flow or in the zone. So I want to ask you about your experience with that. Um, and bring up any specific matches or, or, you know, or specific times or even practice even. Um, so I want you to talk about that. And then I also want to ask you, is it something you can practice or do you just find yourself there?
1: This is a very interesting question. I feel like I have very um, distinct opinions about this. Okay. Um, I will say that, Yes. I have found myself in that state, um, at certain points. I, I don't think it is something that you can necessarily chase or look for. I think I've seen it with like a lot of athletes is like, they're just, they want to reach that flow state, but it's like, I am somebody that's of the belief of like, as an athlete or in life or whatever, there are so many times that you're just uncomfortable and you have to find a way to make it work. That happens way more frequently than being in the zone where things you're just like, not even thinking and everything's like going well, you're feeling your body. So I think if I like to train in a state where I am overcoming feeling terrible, or I am overcoming moments where I am not executing well. For me, if I can find a way to fight through the moments when I am not feeling well or playing well, or I am just like having a rough day, then if that is my standard, it is so much easier to just go with it when things are going your way but if we're constantly looking to reach this flow state i will say it has not happened to me very frequently in my career there are i probably couldn't even tell you specific matches in my life where it has happened i know there are matches where i've basically been unconscious and unstoppable and i'm just like i'm going to go with this <laughs> but like the it is so infrequent That to make that the goal is just, I feel personally like setting yourself up for disappointment. So, if you can train yourself to overcome the moments that aren't going your way, that is probably going to happen way more frequently. And then
2: the rest is just easy, I think.
0: (laughs) No, that's cool. I I really like the take on that. yeah, like I was thinking to, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about training. Like, you know, we when we practice, it's kind of like um, normal, I'd say, to put yourself in a high stress environment,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Where it's it's hard to find the flow in a high stress environment. And high stress, I mean, like eighteen all, let's play the three. You know, you're like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta win, I gotta win this next point, or like, you know, you're down by five. All right, that's a drill. You know, it's like, okay, I'm I'm immediately stressed. I gotta like, you know, um, it's it's hard to find the flow in the stress moments, I think is what I'm I'm hearing from you. And it's and it's yeah, is that am I
2: hearing that right? Yeah, and I think like
1: I've heard from and from numerous athletes, like, um, you know, it's I don't want to say an excuse, but just like, oh, I couldn't like. I couldn't, like, get into that, like... Yeah, yeah. ...place. Yeah. And it's like, no matter what you're doing, if you hit that place, you're golden. You just ride that wave. You ride it, yeah. But if you can find a way to be good and consistent for the rest of the time, just imagine, like, what that can do for you. Because, like, when you hit that place go for it you're unstoppable but if let's make the goal to like be unstoppable when i'm not feeling my best and then imagine how that shift can take you
0: okay so how like positive self-talk uh memory like a memory of a goldfish onto the next place like yeah talk talk about the how part
1: I will say personally, I am just very, very focused on the things that I can control. Um, what's gonna happen next point? I don't know. I can't control it. What if this? What? like the only things that are ever within my control are my effort, my communication, and and my attitude. the way I approach any given situation, point, et cetera those are the things that I have control over. When I'm in the moment, I am just get constantly like my self-talk is very process driven. In like, if I'm on serve receive, I have a few key pointers that I always say in my own head, it has nothing to do with what that person is doing. It has to do with what my body needs to do to execute the skill in the right way. So If I am just playing the worst game of my life, not one time am I in my head being like, you really suck today. Oh my gosh, I hope she doesn't ace me this point. It's like, no, the way that I talk to myself is the same, whether I'm playing the best I've ever played in my life or not. It's okay. Be stopped on contact, stay low, contact the ball in front of you. Period. It doesn't change. And so I think just developing a consistent routine or a consistent way of self-talk that is very objective instead of feelings-based is a good place to start. That's. I don't know if that's... No, I was just
0: going to say, that's awesome. But let's carry that to EQ now. Now let's talk about EQ, right? So we got that part. But what about the feelings? You know, how do you deal with the feelings and how do you... How do you manage those fields? Specifically, let's talk about that world championship final because now you're surrounded mm-hmm. by thousands of people, right? You got that adrenaline pumping.
1: Mm-hmm. I think something that is so, so important, regardless of what you're doing, is vulnerability. I think there is something to be said about being completely honest with the people you're surrounding yourself with about where you're at in any given moment. Mm. Um, I do not think that there is any shame in asking for help. I do not think there's any shame in admitting where you're at mentally and like asking for that support. Um, So for example, in the World Championship semifinal, we were winning the third set 14-10. And then all of a sudden, this girl went on a serving rampage. And before we knew it, it was 14, 13. And my partner turned to me and she was like, I feel like I'm going to shit myself. I am so scared. (laughs) She's like, please, please, please. If the ball is there, can you please hit it on two? Probably not what somebody wants to say in that moment, but it's how she was feeling. She was very honest with me. And like being able to hear that, I was then able to give her the support in being like, no, we have been in this situation before. You have face serves way better than this. If it's there, sure, I'll take it, but I'm going to give you a great set and you're going to put it away. Mm. If she hadn't said that to me, I would think that she's doing great. I don't, I wouldn't know what she was thinking. So it might be a little counterintuitive, but it's like just getting it out there and sharing how you're feeling allows people to support you in the way that you need. But if you keep everything bundled up and you're trying to put on this front, like I've got it taken care of that's you don't. (laughs) And that's when things probably go sideways.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Um, you come off as this, this confident champion. <laughs> I mean, you are, you are a confident champion, but you, you, you protrude that. And I think that's one of your, your strengths. I want to ask you if you could share some tips on how to build that up more for someone who doesn't have that.
2: Um,
1: I think a reason that I am so confident is because i train the way that i play yeah um it is decades of just like being very consistent and purposeful and i have intention with what i'm doing and i think you know it's really hard to build confidence unless you have been in certain situations multiple times and you've had a chance to fail and then come back and learn and try again and you fail and you come back and you learn and you try again. Um, You're not going to be perfect the first time you do something, but like not executing, coming back and finding yourself in the same position. If you get a different outcome that time, and it's like, okay, I've been here before. I did better this time. Okay. I've been in this situation before. I didn't score a match point that time, but this time I did. And so it's just putting yourself in the same situation and just constantly working for a different outcome or an improved outcome. Like it takes time, Yeah. but you just have to like, be thrown into the fire again and again and just like keep coming out and trying again next uh, Like it's, it's a process.
0: Yeah. No, I I love that. And, and, you know, uh, we talked about fear before, but not being afraid, you know, I mean, or if you are afraid to like, look at it and go through it. Right.
1: Yeah. And again, I always think like when a game is on the line, If the game does not go my way, do I want to walk away from the game, knowing that I was aggressive, knowing that I like gave it everything I had and that I, you know, or do I want to be like, oh, but I like went easy because I was nervous. No, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to go down swinging.
2: (laughs) Right. And
1: so I, I can handle that. So you have to know, like, what can, what am I okay with? if this doesn't go my way, what can I live with? And just like, once you're able to have that self-awareness, then you need to just like act accordingly.
0: Self-awareness, right? It's such a key part to this whole conversation and just life in general, right? Just got to be self-aware. You got to know who you are. And if you don't, you got to spend some time and and find, yes. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time, you know, even recently in my life, you know, just like really asking my, myself, like, who am I? And then answering, I am, you know, mm-hmm. dot, 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 right? And like filling that in and, and just having fun with that conversation with myself, you know, of, of that self-awareness. And I just think it's key and it, and it actually creates more joy and happiness. And I'll speak for myself, for me, when I become more and more self-aware of who I am, then I become more and more self-aware in certain situations, Like, oh, this is what Mm -hmm. I need to do. I need to go right instead of left. I need to say yes instead of no. Like my intuition gets stronger, you know? And that I, yeah, I don't know. I I just, I just made me think of that, you know?
1: I think it can be tough though, differentiating like who you are versus who you want to be perceived as. And so I think like, you need to really be honest with yourself or people in general need to be really honest with themselves. Of just like, is this who I want people to think I am? Is this how I want to be perceived? Or is this really truly me?
2: Yes,
0: Sarah. That and maybe that's the whole theme of our talk today, which is this not caring about what other people think. This no fopo, which it, it's it's very prevalent. It's very prevalent. I think it's very um, relatable to everybody, and I think that mm-hmm. it's you know, it, it's worth talking about. It's worth thinking about, you know, it's worth exploring because there's nothing better than knowing your true self and not really worrying about anything else, you know?
1: And just the freedom that you feel when you just live in accordance to your values and who you are and the freedom of living authentically and not trying to fit into this mold that people want you to be. It's incredible.
0: And comparison syndrome, right? You mentioned imposter syndrome before, but comparison syndrome is so, I'm a, I am used to be a victim. I still kind of am, but I'm like becoming more aware of it. And I'm really letting that go. And it's like, I don't need to compare. I can get inspired. I can get motivated by other people mm-hmm. and what they're doing, but I don't, there's no need to compare. And I, I caught myself it's- for so many years. Just recently, I caught myself like, oh man, I used to compare myself all the time. What was I thinking? Why, why was I doing that? And now- I want to, I want to share the message of, you don't need to do that.
1: (laughs) No. And like, (laughs) for me, it's just like, somebody else's success does not have any indication or bearing on your own,
0: right? Other
1: people can be successful, but that does not mean that you are unsuccessful, You have your own path. And so somebody else's wins do not diminish yours. They just look different. And in sports, like when I was younger, I would fall victim to the same thing. I'm just like, oh, that team got this result. Why'd they finish? No, because this team won this tournament, it doesn't mean that I am not X, Y, Z good for them. Yeah. My team is also good, but it doesn't diminish my success or anything that I have done or am trying to do. Um, So it's, it's really, really tough now also with social media where people just put the highlights of their lives out there. Yeah. And it's like, you're not seeing the bad stuff. Like you're seeing this person's highlight reel. So stop comparing. And I've heard this so many times, like don't compare your normal life to this person's highlight reel. It's not fair
0: yeah but we wow. got to keep saying it we got to keep saying it to each other you know and to you know anyone listening like let's let's keep reminding ourselves and each other that that's not what we want to do we want to get inspired and motivated and and celebrate other people for sure you know celebrate wins those are great things you know but you know we you you, you mentioned my path is my own path which uh reminds me of kelly reeves shout out kelly reeves um, I think you played with her didn't you
1: I did and yeah. Hydrogen, yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah she's awesome she's been on the show and she said that too and I just love that and she's a champion um UCLA 2011 let's go um uh but yeah it, our path is our path is our path period you know and that's the message um Sarah, let's let's shift gears just a little bit. Let's talk about creativity. I I'm a fan of your YouTube channel. I want you to oh talk
2: about.
0: Yeah, it's a, you know it's really cool though, and I didn't know that that was a, an aspect of you. I would love for you to talk about it, and also um if you can if you want to talk about music or books um too. But yeah, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about some creativity.
1: Oh my gosh, um, so
2: <laughs>
1: this whole thing came about like not on purpose so I started a YouTube channel during the pandemic because I had so many kids reaching out to me they were so sad that they couldn't play volleyball and so they wanted ideas of like how to stay engaged in the sport so I started out this channel to like help kids with volleyball through the pandemic and then I start getting like countless comments from people of like, you need to check out this, and I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> Turns out it is, was an anime. is an anime about volleyball. So in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be terrible. It is not terrible. It is excellent. And so I started reacting to this volleyball anime. And now. I liked anime when I was a kid but like got out of it but and now I am like back in this world I think the most beautiful thing is the community that I've been able to create around anime um they are so sweet it's just like I really value like these people most of whom I've never even met but just like the community that has developed because of this now I'm like watching anime, I'm reacting to anime, I'm having discord discussions with people about it. And like Easy. going back to something that you were talking about before, it was just like, if you like something, own it and like it. And so when it originally started, I was like, oh my gosh, is this a little embarrassing that I'm so into this? And then I was like, <laughs> who cares? Right. Who cares? It brings me joy. I have a really cool community I've developed because of it. You can make fun of me if you want. I like it. So I'm I'm all about that anime life now.
0: <laughs> and you're finding success, right? I mean, I I saw your yeah. channel. I mean, it's got it's got thousands. Of, some of those videos got tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of views. Right? I mean, that's that's yeah. pretty cool. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and I like ended up. I think I've got. Fifty some odd thousand subs on that channel, yeah. And so, yeah. and then, so I started a second one. So, like, when the volleyball anime is done, I'll go back to my volleyball stuff on that channel. But I like created a second channel for that. Never in a million years did I think I would be a person with two YouTube channels, but here I am.
0: Well, so. I think it's really cool, especially for you know high level athletes to you know start something creative. Um, you know, I was telling you before about my musical journey, my book writing journey. Um, it's hard to do. It's hard to shift gears, you know, but it's it's easy to follow joy, right? And yes. it's fun to follow joy. And, uh, you know, again, going back on the theme of what we've been talking about here, if anyone wants to criticize, that's not our problem. That's there. That's yeah, up. Go that's, for it. That's, that's it's, Exactly, right? So, and you have no control over that. So um, I think it's great. And congratulations Thanks. on your success with that. And uh, I'll definitely link those here when this is published. Do you want to oh, plug cool. them? Just do you want to uh, whatever they're called? Do you want to share the title? I kept
1: it simple. Sarah Pavin Volleyball mm-hmm. and then Sarah Pavin Anime is the second one.
0: Cool. cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll link those here. Um, as we wrap up, Sarah, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much. This has been great. Um, I want you to just give a few tips for aspiring players. And this can be for youth, adult just anyone who's trying to get a little better, you know, what what are some tips that just come to mind that you can share with them?
1: Number one, I would say just play. Yeah. Any opportunity you have just go for it. Um, I would say do not be scared of approaching, um, the higher level athletes. Like I know that people tend to stay in their lane or the lane that they think they belong in as when it comes to beach volleyball, but it's like, you know what, if you want to get better approach, approach somebody that you think is better than you and ask if you can practice with them one day. Um, that's how I, when I was a kid, I would ask older girls to practice all the time indoor. Um, there's no harm in asking. And I would just say, like, be unapologetic in your goals. If Mm. you have goals, put it out there and go for it. If you're not at that level right now, that's okay. But just like keep working and don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't do.
0: Mic drop. And that was a good sound clip right there. Uh, um, I want, yeah, no, it was great. I want to ask you, well, actually, I want to respond to that real quick. Asking has changed my life <laughs> when I learned how to be a good uh, asker, I guess, is the <laughs> is the term. Um, and just to explore curiosity, right? Like to be curious about stuff or even like, I know you're talking about, you know, asking people to play, but even being curious in life, mm-hmm. I would offer that just to, like this podcast has changed my life to be able to ask all these amazing people like yourself questions and to open up your mind. Um, it just creates more expansion and more opportunities and more, you know, more, just the idea of more uh, is really cool. So I, I couldn't agree more that asking and asking great questions too. Like asking is a skill, you know, um, it's and something. People
1: I want. are very open to share. Yes. Like yes. I know it can be intimidating, but like, people are so receptive to helping or answering questions or whatever. If you just put yourself out there, but so many times we put up walls because we think that we can't approach certain people, but it's like, people are much more open to sharing than, than we think.
0: Totally. Totally. Uh, Sarah, uh, fulfillment.
2: What does fulfillment mean to you? Man, heavy hitters. Wow. Um, I guess I would say fulfillment is
1: understanding what your, your needs are individually and making sure that those needs are being met. And it doesn't have to be from one thing. And I hope it's not from one person but like surrounding yourselves with practices, interests, and people that meet your individual needs.
2: Wow. I like that a lot.
1: Thank you. That was a really (laughs) tough question. And I think I just blacked out when I answered that, but I really do believe that. Yes. I think you can't rely on any one thing or one person. to meet all of your needs because that's just too much pressure to put on them (laughs) um so i think like having a mix that like under again self-awareness understanding what you need and then surrounding yourself with those things is, is really important
0: wow sarah this conversation's been awesome i i mean wow what a what a great one um It's just so great to get to know you after competing against you, and I want to get (laughs) redemption too. I want to get back out there. So, Ty Tramble, let me know
1: when I'm ready.
0: Yeah, Ty Tramble, if you're listening, let's go get him again. Um, How can people best support you, Sarah? Oh
1: my gosh, honestly, just like I love when people come up and just say hi at like avp events or international events like just knowing that people are out there watching is so cool um but if you want to watch some anime with me you can sub to my youtube channels or follow me on instagram um i'm not the queen of posting but i do every now and then
0: cool and i'll link all that stuff here um i really appreciate you for coming on the show and, and being vulnerable and, and authentic and opening up. And, uh, so thank you very much. It's been great.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I had a really good time.
0: Yeah. And thank you to the listener. If you've been with us this far, uh, I appreciate you remember to like, subscribe and share and, uh, peace and blessings, everybody stay inspired.